Many educators will ask their students to share their projects in front of a class or in front of the group. In an ideal setting, this can be beneficial for all the students involved because they can ask some questions and kind of engage in dialogue about what was created. Often what ends up happening is the feedback is either too critical or too vague or just like not very helpful for the person who is actually creating the project. So what if I told you there was a process that you could take that actually make this a much better experience for everyone involved? Today's short episode of the CSK8 podcast is a little professional development session on a process called the critical response process which is created by Liz Lerman. And you can actually find a link to Liz's website as well as a little short article that talks about this critical response process in the show notes at jaredoleary.com. The critical response process is something that an entire class or a group of students and a teacher can engage in. There are three roles within this process and there are four steps. The first role is the artist. So the artist is the person who is sharing their work in front of the group or in front of the class. The second role is responder. This could be one person or it could be many people. The responder is going to engage in dialogue with the artist and kind of ask some questions and give some feedback. And then the third role is the facilitator. The facilitator is usually the educator and they're going to help guide the discussion by providing some questions, kind of steering things on topic, so that way it doesn't like veer into critique that is unwanted. This process can take place at the end or completion of a project, but I'd recommend doing this in process. So like maybe midway through, students can share what they're currently working on and get some feedback from different students. To do this, there are four steps for the critical response process. The first step is called statements of meaning. So the artist is going to share their project, like let's say a game in Scratch, and they're going to share it with the class, and then the class is going to provide some feedback in the form of statements of meaning. So the facilitator might ask the responders, what was something that was interesting or surprising to you about this game? What was something that was very memorable or unique? The goal of the facilitator is to give some different avenues that the responders can kind of reply to. So you're basically setting them up with some different prompts. While the goal is not to like provide affirmative responses, these are typically positive responses. Like, oh, it was surprised me when this happened, or it was really memorable when I did got to this part in the game, etc. Now, step two, on the other hand, is the artist as questioner. So after the responders give some feedback based on the facilitators, like different prompts and whatnot, the artist can question the responders looking for specific feedback. The questions that the artist could ask could be more general or they could be more targeted. So they could ask questions like, did you have fun playing the game? Or what did you think of the player controls? And it's up to the artist to come up with these different questions. However, if they kind of get stuck, the facilitator can assist by providing some more follow-up questions that the artist can ask the different responders in the group or in the class. Now in the third step, this is the neutral questions from responders step. Now it's important to emphasize that these are neutral questions, not leading questions and whatnot. So for example, a leading or like critical question might be like, why did you make the game boring? Instead, you could ask a neutral question, like what kind of a vibe were you going for with the game? Or what kind of difficulty level were you hoping for in the game? So it's important to emphasize that these are not critiques in the form of questions, and these are not opinions phrased in the form of questions. The artist then listens to these questions and they're able to respond to kind of give some feedback to the students who are the responders. This is a great way for the responders to be able to ask some questions and better understand what the artist was creating in the project that they shared. And the fourth step is the opinion time. In this step, the responders have the opportunity to ask the artist, can I provide an opinion on blank? And the artist is able to respond yes or no. So the respondents can provide some feedback to the artist by asking questions like, can I provide some opinions on your player controls? And the artist can say yes or no to that. It's important that they are phrased within a, a particular topic because 
the artist might listen to the the topic and go, mm, I'm not really actually interested in talking about A, B, or C. What I am interested in talking about is X, Y, and Z. Does anyone have any questions or opinions on those areas? So for example, I recently created a vlog of a trip that my wife and I took to Hawaii. And when people would watch it, they're like, it was great. I really love the editing. While I really appreciated the kind words, I had some very specific questions like, oh, what did you think about this transition? Or what did you think about the pacing in this section? And so I was able to get some feedback that like helped me understand how people received the edits that I made. That to me was very helpful rather than just like generic, I liked your game or I didn't like your game, etc. which typically is what happens when students are giving feedback to each other. So as a quick summary, again, there are three different roles. There's the artist, the responder, and the facilitator. To do the critical response process, there are four steps. Step one is the statements of meaning. Step two is the artist as questioner. Step three is neutral questions. And step four is opinion time. Now this, again, is something that you can do in small groups. This is something that, that you can do in a full class setting. And it's one of the many ways that you can actually engage in an assessment process with students. One of the other ways that I like to engage in this is like my class was split up in half so that one half of the room would go to the other side of the room and they'd ask some questions of the person who is sharing their in-process project. Then the next day, the other half would go to the other side of the room and they would ask some questions on the projects. That way students were just like constantly getting feedback from each other every other day in class in order to help advance their projects of their in-process projects that they are working on. My students had the opportunity to work on projects over the course of like a couple of days, weeks, months, and some even spent multiple years on it. Because they didn't have to turn in anything in time, all their grades were based off of whether or not they were actually just working on something in the class, not whether or not they completed something. Some students worked on projects for multiple years, and so they had multiple years of getting feedback from different students and refining like a video game in that case. Other students just spent like a week on it, so they got like uh, feedback midway through the project, and then they're like, cool, I'm good, done with this one, now I'm gonna work on another project. There are many ways that you can do assessment in classes, and there are many different types of questions that students might be able to ask each other. There are multiple episodes that actually focus specifically on different question types that you can ask, and I do link to those in the show notes at jaredoleary.com. So if you decide to try this out in your classroom, I highly recommend listening to those other episodes because it can provide some helpful prompts that you can put up on the board. Because students don't always have like feedback processes modeled for them, this might require you to practice this by sharing your own work as an artist and having students asking you different questions and prompts that you provide for them. If you model this enough over the course of multiple weeks or months, then students might be able to actually do this independently without having critiques in the form of questions, et cetera, et cetera. So although the critical response process is fairly easy, it does take some like practice and some refinement for students to get used to it because they might not have done something like this in their classrooms. And eventually you can get to the point where you can do it again. What I would do is just one half go to the other side of the room, provide some feedback on the project they're seeing, and then the next day you flip it so the other half goes the other side. So this becomes a normal part of the daily routine where students are sharing in-process works and getting feedback from their peers. Last week's episode, which was episode 192, titled How to Get Started with Computer Science Education, provides a framework for being able to learn how to teach computer science education without having to pay any money. As I mentioned in that podcast, I'm more than happy to provide some responses to some questions you might have if you leave them in the YouTube comments, and I can elaborate on different teaching pedagogies, etc. So for example, this episode talks about how you can have students provide feedback back to each other. But I'm more than happy to talk about some other processes that I engaged with in the classroom, like how did I facilitate several different programming languages all in the same space? If you're interested in something like that, let me know. Because there are over 100 hours of podcast episodes, I know that there's something in there that's going to be useful for you or somebody else that you know. So I just ask that you share your favorite content with a friend, coworker, or just at large on social media. It just helps more people find the content. But if you have a question for me that you'd like me to explore, feel free to leave it in a YouTube comment. But stay tuned next week for another episode. Until then, I hope you're all staying safe and are having a wonderful week.